Hello and welcome to Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcasts. On this podcast, you will hear the latest sermons taken from our weekly worship service. Our hope is that you will find joy and comfort in knowing the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. You've probably heard this phrase before. Wait till your father comes home. Do you remember hearing this phrase as a child? You probably knew what you did wrong and you mother couldn't do anything about it in the moment. So the gavel fell like a guillotine. Wait till your father gets home. Maybe you spent all day stewing on the edge of your seat, watching the clock, listening for the car door to slam, the footsteps coming into the house. It could be that your imagination of these moments was far worse than what they actually were. For me and my sister growing up, I cannot say that we ever feared our father coming home. I don't remember my mother ever saying, wait till your father comes home. That doesn't mean we weren't punished. We, of course, hid things from mom and dad out of fear of being punished. I remember one time when my sister and I shared a room in our house and we jumped from bed to bed. And my, we somersaults, of course, and my heel went through the wall. And she covered it up with a picture of Jesus, Savior, Pilate me that was by my bed. And I didn't know it until like five years later when she crawled into the attic and stuck her finger through and I could see her finger moving. I don't think our parents ever knew. We quickly took toilet paper and wetted it and put it over it and then painted it the same color of the wall. If they did know, no, they never told us about it. But all of us hid some things from our parents. It's human nature to do so. Wait till your father comes home. Is fertilizer encouraging guilt and fear to grow as you wait? Guilt and fear of punishment make the imagination run exceptionally wild in children. Guilt and fear are easily our first emotional response in development. Fear of separation from parents, fear of being lost, fear of being rejected, of being yelled at, of having someone angry at us, scolding us, parental anger. So when you know you're guilty and deserving of punishment, this statement really grips you with fear even more. As if living through these threats as children weren't enough, guilt and fear and anger and punishment carry over into adulthood as well and make the imagination run exceptionally wild. The adult version of this, of course, of wait till your father comes home is, hey, the boss wants to see you. Or, honey, did you bring home the milk I texted you to get? For tonight's dinner, take the feeling of guilt and fear the same, though the punishment may be taken a little bit differently. But whereas we all know the punishment will take place within family settings, there are children who suffer more than others. And there are adults today 
that still carry the emotional and perhaps physical pains from waiting for Father to come home. For some people, there was no need for imagination when they heard the words, wait till your father comes home. Maybe you're one of them. Maybe you knew exactly what you were getting when mom or dad came home. Home life was bad. Didn't have an exemplary model for a father or a mother. There are children in Latin America sent to street corners to beg for money to support their parents' drug and alcohol habit. When I was dating Becky and used to come back from her house to my apartment at about one o'clock in the morning, sometimes I would stop by McDonald's. Okay, most of the time I would stop by McDonald's. And there would be a little boy standing out by the pickup window with a box of chiclets. Two little chiclets per box. Comprame, buy from me. I couldn't buy a hamburger for him because his parents were watching. He wouldn't let me. But he would let me buy the whole box of chiclets. Then he could go home to the street corner where his parents were waiting to take his money. Wait till your father comes home. And an abusive home spells fear, abandonment, physical or emotional harm, crying, hiding, real terror. What about you? Perhaps you were unjustly punished or made to suffer, made to work, maybe a victim of abuse. What about your father, your parent? When I say wait till your father comes home, do you relive any childhood memories? While you were growing up, did you observe in other families the dynamics that revealed the abusiveness in your own home life, the failures, or just even the shortcomings of your parents. Perhaps emotional or physical abandonment was your experience. You know, the emotional and physical abandonment experienced by many adult Gen Xers particularly runs deep. Their angst is summed up in a scene from a 1980s John Hughes movie called Uncle Buck. In Uncle Buck, Maisie, a seven-year-old, says, I don't know why we need boys at all. They're so loud. To which Tia, the emotionally frigid 15-year-old, responds, We need boys so they can grow up, get married, and turn into shadows. Not everyone has great fathers. For that matter, not everyone has great mothers. And no matter how good or bad yours was, all parents fall short of our needs, just like we fall short in being parents. As a parent, do you or did you see the same fearful look on your children's eyes when you came home? Did you or do you fall short as being father or mother? You know, I think as we grow up, we make plans to not become like our parents. Swearing, I will not be like my mom or dad. For me, wait till your father comes home will be a joyous occasion. Nothing to be feared, no yelling, no anger. 
And then one day, thinking back on your own children, you realize that you too were lacking in emotion or understanding or, or expressing love, encouraging comments. Maybe you were the shadow at your children's birthday parties, sporting events, first dates. Maybe addiction to work, to time, abuse the opportunities time actually gave you. I'm no different than you. As I look back on parenthood, there are times I wish I could do, redo certain scenes. The reality is you and I have come short or failed our children on more than one occasion. Quick to become angry, to spank, yell, or not believe a story that turned out ultimately to be true. Maybe you were the one saying to your child over the phone, just wait till I get home. And it wasn't to go for ice cream or to play basketball in the corner. Internally, if not externally, we weep for the times that we shoulda, woulda, coulda. That morning is called repentance. And it seeks forgiveness. Forgiveness for what you see or feel and maybe even taste in that bitterness of remorse and regret. The memory of that phrase, wait till your father comes home, now chafes your conscience, accusing you and condemning you. Consciences are all about accusing and condemning. They are the brutal arrows of Satan attacking us on all sides. Memories may mime the failure of a childhood father, and at the same time, memories may mock the attempts to be different, perhaps making it difficult to imagine God as Father. And unless consciences are driven to repentance and not despair and receive that forgiveness, this can cause lasting damage. Take, for instance, the adult child who finds it hard to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven. Because the mental image of a father is less than positive. For adult children who are victims of abuse and alcoholism or failed parents praying, our father bring images of, wait till your father comes home. They can't face him. They would rather run from God than run to him for comfort. And I hope it is not this way with any of you. And so between our consciences accusing us and maimed childhood memories, we shed many tears. We weep for sins known and unknown. We mourn for the inability to correct or repeat history. We suffer the result of sin in childhood or parenthood, and we regret not always being there. And what we mourn more is the loss of person or possibility to have been loved as a child or to be more loving as a parent. But in Revelation 21, 1 through 7, John, in a vision of a new heaven and a new earth coming down from heaven, gives to you a new emotional response to childhood memories and conscience-convicting parental shortcomings. The beautiful thing 
in his vision is not an abstract description of a new world, but specifically the new relationship with God that we have in Christ Jesus. John says God will live among his people. God will take up residence and God will be with them. John is saying, wait for it, wait until your father comes home. God is unlike any earthly father we've ever had or ever regret not being. He's our heavenly father. Our father. Who art in heaven. And since he is one true father, when we pray that prayer, your father invites you to place your guilt, your fear, your condemning accusations, your failure, shortcomings, before him. He is the father you and I never knew. He is the parent we never were. Wait until I come home. Shortly I will be with you and make all things new, he says. I am the father that is always there. I am the father that has all the time in the world for you. I am not only king of kings. I'm not only lord of lords. I am the father of all fathers. I am the parent of all parents. Only I can be the true father as I lay down my life for my family, for you, to defend you, protect you, provide for you, all the things that you need. According to John, heaven is not a place where we go to be with God. John says that God will dwell among us. In fact, he lives with us now. Psalm 23 says, The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. John continues, He will wipe every tear from our eyes, our mourning or crying or pain that former memories and failures can bring. When we've fallen, we can bring our sin-skinned knees to him who wipes away every tear and heals every wound. Our Heavenly Father's love inhabits the mourning we experienced at the death of our first pet, embracing all life in his resurrection, announcing death will not exist anymore. He is the Father who consoles those who feel the pain and shortcoming and imperating, saying, my grace is sufficient for you. My love is made perfect in your weakness. And he assures us the memories, our consciences and accusations, our guilt and fear of punishment will not exist anymore. For the former things, he says, have ceased to exist. The imagination runs wild at this point, and I encourage you to flesh it out in your own mind. God, walking with you, playing with you, listening to you, taking you on vacation, living day in and day out, surrounding you, his loved and beloved creature, never to be assaulted by harm or danger. You were born for this. You were born to be his child. He fathered you. 
You know, while you and I have not had ideal parents, and while you and I have not been ideal parents, we have a father who gives himself completely to us, who lavishes us in love, whose forgiveness is fierce, whose care is constant, whose faithfulness is forevermore, whose front door is always open, whose family is you and me. Just wait till your heavenly father comes home. Amen. To know more about Jesus and our ministry at Grace Lutheran Church, please find us at www.gracealoneonline.org. You'll find additional sermon podcasts and your favorite podcast channel every week at www.gracealoneonline.org forward slash sermons.